My name is Wright. I am the voice of reason. I speak for the last crusade. Conservatism has been soundly defeated on every battlefront. Every institution is within enemy hands. The press leads and inspires all public discourse, turning truth into propaganda. Hollywood infiltrates ideas into art, turning entertainment into subversion. Washington and Wall Street gather all wealth and power into ever smaller circles of the ever more corrupt elite, serving only themselves. The groves of the academy are now the gallows trees of freedom. From leafless branches swing lifeless corpses of once great institutions of higher education. They have been replaced by the dark satanic mills devoted to the mass brainwashing of the young. Our scholars are traitors to the scholarly traditions of the West. The church is led by Pharisees. So we have nothing more to lose. Now is the time to declare a crusade and to take up arms. But even before we blow the trumpet, even before we draw the sword, let us ponder carefully the troubling question of how all this came to be. What great enemy overthrew the empire reaching from east to west of western civilization? Who conquered Christendom? Why were we defeated so badly? Why were we defeated at all? When conservatism is not only obvious but self-evident, why does it falter? When conservatism is not only the self-evident position, but the sole position seen not to contradict itself, why does it lose the field? If, if all positions other than the conservative one are not merely incorrect, but also immoral, illogical, and insane, how is it that conservatism is soundly swept from the field, and no one in polite society will dare utter a word in its defense? Conservatism falters, fails, and finds itself utterly effaced, because, and only because, it fights the wrong battle on the wrong battlefield. Note the same pattern repeats again and again in each passage at arms with the progressive. The conservative upholds some obvious and self-evident good thing, like equality or property rights. The progressive, like a wolf in sheep's clothing, promotes an idea that is the diametric opposite of the first idea, such as elitism or communal rights, and then merely calls the first idea by the opposite of its true name. The argument at that point becomes an argument of metaphysical philosophy or an argument of worldview. But the worldview of the conservative is a Christian worldview, which is why we believe in things like the equality of man, the rule of reason, and the law of identity. But the prime ideal of the conservative worldview, first on the list in the Bill of Rights, is an ideal never to press one's religious ideas onto another. The wars of the Reformation and Counter-Reformation have made conservatives neurotically and uncontrollably unwilling and even unable to promote or defend any religious idea. On the other hand, all the progressive need to do is take their religion, social justice, Marxism, critical unified field theory, intersectionality, or woke think, or whatever misleading name it is going by these days, and pretend it is not a religion at all. They pretend their religion is scientific fact, or is common sense, or is common decency. They pretend it is the very opposite of a religious opinion, and that no difference of opinion on such obvious matters need ever be tolerated. It is ignorance to argue with what science establishes as fact, senseless to argue against common sense, and indecent to argue against common decency. They press their worldview as if it were the default worldview promoted by the Constitution and by the consensus of learned opinion, and they declare the burden of proof to be on the conservative to prove otherwise. And when the conservative does prove otherwise, the progressive decrees from the bench 
that the proof is inadmissible on the grounds that no religious arguments can be brought into the public sphere to argue against the religion of the progressives. Because progressivism is said not to be a religion, you see. My own bewildering experience with this was when I discovered, as an atheist, arguments against abortion, homosex, and contraception, to which I could find no coherent counter-arguments. Very much against my inclination, I was dragged into believing a position I did not want or like, because, and only because, logic said so. I found immediately that the only arguments leveled against me were ad hominem arguments. Progressives asserted that only bigoted religious arguments, made in bad faith, existed against abortion, against homosexuality, and against contraception. That therefore, ergo, QED, my arguments could, without the courtesy of being examined, be dismissed as the arguments of a bigoted religious zealot arguing in bad faith. Now, it was asserted that I believed abortion to be wrong, not because of any logical arguments regarding biology, law, or ethical reasoning, but because and only because I was believing what I wanted to believe because I wanted to believe it. Now, since I was an atheist who came to these conclusions in good faith, and very much against my own inclinations, the mere assertion that I was the opposite of what I was had no real power to persuade me. And even if it were true, it is still an ad hominem argument, and this is an argument that addresses the man and does not address the argument. So I searched and searched. No progressive had any other arguments to give. None. Not one. Whenever crossed or contradicted, all any of them did is scream and scream and scream that the motives of the questioner were bad, ergo no questions could be entertained. My experience is hardly unique. It applies to all topics, all questions, all positions, from root to flower of the progressive worldview. Ad hominem is the progressive worldview. Confronted by a complete and utter void of rational arguments to support any aspect of their heap of beliefs and incoherent assertions, how is it that the progressives were able to be triumphant in every debate in the public mind? I submit that they were triumphant because they were and are a religion, not a political movement. In a religion, dogma is accepted on faith by bowing to the authority of the prophets who speak the divine word. To question the faith is an act of immorality, of disloyalty, of subversion. Hence, the progressive has no need and no ability to defend his dogma. He merely condemns the questioner as a heretic, as a man who commits the unforgivable sin of questioning the unquestionable. And since the conservative has assented to the proposition that religion should not be debated in public, nor used as a basis for law and custom, he is left with no argument against the anti-Christian religion promoted by the progressives. The conservative, hence, is fighting a political battle. A political battle concerns the prudent compromises needed to obtain law and order and to promote peace and public virtue. Solving problems by negotiation, by debate, by vote, by deals and double deals, both above board and underhanded, is what politics is. Anyone who is not compromising, not horse trading, not bickering and bartering, he is not involved in politics. The progressive is fighting a holy war, a jihad. A holy war concerns not one policy nor one thing, it concerns everything. A holy war is a war to impose a worldview on the world. A holy war cannot compromise. Politics is merely one branch springing from the trunk of one's worldview, and one's worldview grows out of the roots and the bedrock of one's religious background. Even atheists with a Christian background have their worldview shaped by it. 
Facing a holy warrior with prudential political arguments about policies and politics is bringing a knife to a gunfight. Conservatism is insufficient since it only addresses the political side of life. The Christian roots of conservatism alone have the strength to resist the attempt to undermine and uproot civilization. Only a crusader can defeat a jihadist. The truce of the Enlightenment, for better or worse, is over. The First Amendment is a tolerable compromise between competing denominations that share common biblical ideals. The compromise's promises that no denomination will use the secular power to dictate the faith or the forms of worship of competing denominations. The First Amendment has been turned into a weapon against Christianity in the hands of the progressive left. There is no compromise between life and abortion, between chastity and fornication, between decency and perversion, between sacred and satanic. No Christian denomination can compromise with Antichrist. The simple reason is that Antichrist accepts compromise as victory and makes no compromise whatever in return, and then redoubles his demands. Compromise occurs when both parties forswear some small partisan advantage for the sake of the mutual advantage of the common good. But between Christ and Antichrist, there is no common ground, no common good. There is no mutual advantage. Any loss for the one, no matter how small, is gain to the other. So, if we are to survive and civilization escape destruction, and our souls escape damnation, the Antichrist religion of the progressives and all their works and all their ways must be defeated, routed, silenced, expunged, and expurgated. Since we have already been defeated and routed and silenced in every public forum that matters, and since we are on death row waiting to be expunged, there's no virtue in hesitation, no benefit to underestimating the danger, and no wisdom in urging caution. Look to the terror. Look to Orlando, St. Bernardino, Fort Hood. Look to the Twin Towers. Look to the whole history of the Middle East from the Battle of Lepanto to the Battle of Manzikert. Look to the riots. Look to the 100 million slain by communism since AD 1918. Listen to the lies they tell, the Orwellian lies from that day to this. The rioter and the terrorist, the brown shirt and the jihadist have combined against us. Both use the same language of victimology, the same tactics of the crybaby bully who bludgeons girls from behind while weeping like brats that they are the wounded party. Both are utterly evil, both utterly blinded by their own self-righteousness. One is an open religion, the heresy of Mohammedanism, which def denies the divinity of Christ. The other is a hidden religion, a new and atheistic variant on the old and egotheistic heresy called Gnosticism, which denies the divinity of God. Gnosticism preaches that each man to be his own God, and that the real God is the devil. Look at the utter abandonment of any attempt of the Antichrist party to reason or to settle differences of opinion peacefully. Look at the culture wars at home and in Europe. Look abroad at the conflict with the totalitarians in China and Russia and with theocratic Iran. Together, a web of proxy wars, bureaucratic power grabs, terrorist bombings, missile attacks, and slow-motion migratory invasions form what, in effect, is a global Cold War. But this is not your father's Cold War, with its conflict restricted to the political and economic issues of democracy versus socialism. This is more. This is a holy war. Conservatism is too short a blade to reach that bow. A crusade based on Christian faith, Christian metaphysics, and a sound and rational philosophy is what this day is needed. Sheathe your puny knives. Bring out the big guns.